Hello, I am David Klajman from Fidelis. In partnership with IFA, the European Fundraising Association, welcome to the European Fundraising Podcast, a show where we discuss with some of our best European fundraisers how non-profit organizations can build long-term and deeper relationships with their donors. I receive today Birgit Winterhalter, the head of fundraising of Caritas Germany. Caritas is one of the biggest non-profit organizations in the world. Birgit has been working there for 30 years and as she says, for her, working for Caritas is not a job, it's a mission. She explains to us where this energy and passion for her job comes from and why for her it is important to have it as a fundraiser. She also gives us an overview of fundraising in Germany and very concrete aspects of her day-to-day -day job. A very inspiring person to listen to in order to start the year. So let's listen to Birgit Winterhalter. Welcome everyone. Today I'm welcoming Birgit Winterhalter, who is head of fundraising at Caritas Germany. Hello Birgit. Hi David, how are you? <laughs> Great, thank you and uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for accepting my invitation. We are in the first days of 2023. I, actually, you're still in holiday, so thanks even more to, <laughs> for being here. Uh, today, we are going to speak um, about uh, many subjects related to fundraising and communication. Uh, we will you know, first explain your job at Caritas, uh, both at German and European level. So it's a way of you know, seeing what's happening in fundraising in Germany, for example. And then we will speak about what it is to be a, a fundraiser for you. Uh, what do you need to have in you to do this job? But uh, Birgit, before we dive into the topics, uh, first, could you present yourself to the listeners of this podcast, please? Yeah, thank you, David. Um, I'm working for Caritas for almost uh, 30 years. I uh, originally be a bookseller and I started my career with Caritas in the librarian uh, sector. And uh, you must know uh, the library from Caritas Germany is uh, is uh, well known um, for social science, and um, it was always uh, a pleasure to work there because I learned a lot so you, about you, social you, science. You, you, uh, you start you start by the library. You were first uh, like you know, managing books and yes. and uh, seeing what's going in, what's going out. Uh, that's a great way to. It's the first one, the first time I hear someone who started by the library. Well, uh, you know, this is it was very important for me because uh, managing books is also manic managing knowledge, and um, I think that's uh, that's very important. If you know how to deal with uh, knowledge management, then uh, you can be successful in any kind of area you're working on. Yeah, and, and well, you studied books. Uh, is it? Um, what did you study at the beginning? Uh, I, uh, originally, I'm a bookseller. You know, oh, yeah. and then I walked in the library and then, you know, I found out it's very important uh, to have this feeling. How do you how do you get your knowledge? And, you know, in former times, 30 years ago, there was no Internet. So books were the main source of uh, information and knowledge. Okay, and, and Caritas Library, it's it's famous, like it's a very old library. It goes from centuries. You know, we imagine the library in the Middle Ages. Uh, <laughs> no, where, where does it come from? No, the, the library was founded uh, 1896, one year before Caritas was founded. Okay. And uh, it was always um, meant to be a source of information and knowledge for all the Caritas organization in Germany. Okay. Okay, okay. So um, so you, you started uh, by books, then the library. And, and when did you uh, move on to... No, fundraising, communication, uh, how did it happen? Well, before I moved to fundraising, um, I, I was uh, setting up a knowledge management system for the Caritas organization in Germany. And, you know, that was the link from the library to the um, yeah internet knowledge management. And the idea was to connect all the Caritas organizations in Germany. You must know that Caritas in Germany is very, very big. We have more than 500,000 employees but all the organizations are uh, on their own. And uh, the idea was to bring together all the information and knowledge that we have in uh, our Caritas organizations. And I did this for almost uh, 12 years. Um, and then I decided I want to have another change. 
And I moved on to the international department. And uh, there I started with making fundraising for our international projects. Okay. 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 And, and did you aim at, so you never aimed at working in NGOs before, or I mean, when you were little or what, why, why, where did it come from this envy to work <laughs> in this uh, social uh, uh, environment? Is it really hazard or do you think it well, um, meant something for you? Um, uh, you know, um, when I was, when I was small, I actually wanted to become an actor. And then I found out I love books more than being acting. And then that's how I started my career with Caritas. But uh, I also feel that um, knowing that you are doing something helpful for other people, um, that really uh, drives me, that makes me standing up in the morning. And uh, as a fundraiser, you can do a lot um, to, to uh, assist all the colleagues around the world that you can help people. Okay, okay. Well, we will come back to, to this in detail. Uh, yeah, why you do this and, and, and where you get your energy. J just, um, just to come back to, for, on, on Caritas, you said it's a very big organization uh, in Germany. Of course, everybody knows Caritas uh, uh, in, in other European countries. It's one of the, I think, biggest non-profit organization in the world. Um, it has different names uh, depending on the country. Uh, in France, uh, we know Caritas, but we know also uh, it's called Secours Catholique. Uh, uh, we have the impression that it's been there forever, but can you explain a bit more maybe the, the history of, of Caritas Actually, and Caritas Carit Germany? Yes, uh, Caritas, yeah. Caritas, the Caritas organization were founded in Germany. It was in 1897, like one year after the library was founded. And uh, uh, the idea was that um, the founder, he is called Lorenz Wertmann, wanted to help all the people in need. And during that time, you know, we had a lot of poverty uh, in Germany and he, he wanted to create uh, a system that assists people that they will find the strength to help themselves. That was uh, the idea of Caritas. Okay. Uh, and, so, and so it was uh, linked to the, to the church, uh, I guess, straight away. So um, was it, how did it develop with the church? I guess they were, maybe, do you know this? And maybe it's too detailed, but I guess they were already... Uh, church organization at the time and now Caritas is one of the main uh, organizations linked to the Catholic Church, no? Um, well, uh, helping the poor, serving the poor was always um, you know, a very very important part of the Catholic Church um, and uh, with Caritas it was then more a professional way of serving and helping the poor. I think we can put it like that. So there's always okay. a, a, a huge link to the Catholic Church, um, yeah, to help but it wasn't. It, yeah. But it wasn't founded. I, you see, I, I thought it was founded by the Catholic Church, but not at all. It was founded by someone. I mean, who? It was uh, a Catholic. Well, it was uh, it was a Catholic priest who was founding it. Definitely, there is a, yeah. a, a very close link to the Catholic Church. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and also, so uh, of course, it's uh, it's big in in. in in uh, in how many countries uh, the, uh, where you can find uh, Caritas? You know, is it every country of the world, or is it maybe almost, in Europe? Uh, yeah. Almost uh, in one hundred and sixty-five countries, Caritas is uh, working. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so it's almost worldwide. Okay, and, and does it make it the biggest organization, or no? Or I don't know if you. Uh, well, I know think this, uh, but... Red Cross are still is still bigger than Caritas. Okay, okay. Uh, okay, so definitely one of the biggest in the world. Uh, and, and so, can you? So, so I said you are head of fundraising. Uh, can you explain us what your what, what does it mean? What is your job at uh, at the German level? And you, you also mentioned the European level. So, uh, can you detail a bit more what you're doing? Yes, um, I'm working for the headquarter Caritas Germany, and we are making fundraising for our international projects, like for the huge crisis around the world, refugees, like our focus is um, mostly uh, Africa, Far East. Um, and, uh, you know, we are working there with our Caritas partners on the ground and we help yep. them to develop their projects. And uh, it's, the, it's part of the fundraising team to get as much as funds from private uh, people or institutions to finance this kind of help. So we are just making fundraising for our international projects. 
Okay, so um, and and so it's it's uh, for institutions, as you say, it's uh, firms and and also people. Uh, it's every uh, target possible. You you work on 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 different on all these targets. Yes, we we make fundraising um, um, for the private sector, but also for the institutional sectors. We are working with foundations. We are working with companies. We are also working with uh, with Catholic church structures. And uh, we are we are we are working with uh, private people who you know support us uh, with our projects. And, and I say, yeah, this is specific to Germany, the, the Catholic Church part. Can you just remind us? We we know um, uh, in 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 Germany, uh, it's part of the, your of the money you give to the states. One part goes back to the uh to the catholic church it's yeah. uh yeah that, that, can you just remind us because yes. for people who don't know <laughs> yeah uh, like if you are an employee in in germany and you are a member of the catholic church um then you have to pay a certain amount of your income to the catholic church it's like a church tax and um part of this tax is also financing our projects Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have to declare when you your your tax when yes. you do your tax declaration. You yes. have to declare. Yeah, I'm a member of this church, and then money uh, a part of your of your tax goes to the church, yes. and then it goes it comes back to you at the end, uh, uh, so you can help uh, international project. Um, okay. This is very specific, I think, to Germany. Um, okay. And, um, and and so you said also that you were working at European level. Uh, that means you are like coordinating. Uh, different characters so yeah can you explain a bit more what you are doing on, on this path yes um we have different sections worldwide and caritas europe tries to connect all the caritas members uh, in the european countries and um what we do there is uh, we try to exchange our knowledge uh, concerning fundraising with all the other caritas organizations in europe for example cathod in uh, in britain secure catholic um uh, the colleagues in Belgium, and uh, we try and find out, you know, how do they do their own fundraising? How can we share the knowledge? What works? What doesn't work? And also, how can we share informations, uh, photos, uh, stories of the beneficiaries, um, so that we are uh, uh, very good in our fundraising uh, issues? So, so it's, it's uh, at the same time, strategies and, you know, like... Yes. Uh, what works is like talking and, and like having plans and it's also very uh, you know concrete things like sharing photos um i, I like the little concrete detail for example uh, can, can you explain us how you share photos and why you share photos uh why we share photos um for example you know uh, during now the uh, ukraine war everybody is reporting about the ukraine and everybody's trying to get uh, some funds for ukraine And uh, if you want to be successful in fundraising, you have to have a, a very good story and you have to have uh, good photos. So we try and connect us among the European network. We create a Flickr account and uh, every organization who has good photos and um, everybody agreed that we can use the photos, put it on the Flickr account so uh, we can use the same photos and the same stories to make our um, work Uh, visible and actually yeah, okay. money. Yes. Yeah, photos are of course very important, and we we are we have many photos already. But having good photos is yes. is, is something very different. Uh, and and so you 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 saw the needs of uh, of sharing these photos at the European level because uh, uh, it, it's something that lacks when you're doing a campaign. And it's very important when you're doing a campaign. Are there other things you? You share like this, you know, very concrete things uh, you share with European colleagues? Uh, yeah, like stories from our beneficiaries. Like the, the point is, uh, if, you, if you have a, a huge crisis, like we have it now in Ukraine, everybody is looking for, for stories and photos. So it makes no sense that all our Caritas organizations are sending their own photographers and um, reporters to our colleagues in Ukraine. That would have meant that, you know, 20 photographers are entering uh, Kiev. That makes no sense. So we, we decided, to, you know, to send one or two. They collect the photos, they collect stories, bring it back. Everybody can use it. Um, this is less stressful for our colleagues in the Ukraine and it's better for us because we can be very fast. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it makes uh, 
it makes sense sense a lot, uh, of course. Um, okay, let's just to come back to you. you. You've worked, so you said 30 years uh, at Caritas. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very impressive. <laughs> uh, and, and so, which, I don't know, first, uh, really uh, uh, stupid question, but why, why do you think you, you stayed uh, that long and what makes you, make, made you stay that long in Caritas? Oh, this is, uh, this is very easy to, to answer because for me, Caritas is not a job. It's a mission. And, um, yeah, there's nothing else to say. I mean, if, if you, if you work for an organization that makes sense for you, um, you know, then it gives you also back a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy, but it also gives back a lot of energy. And you say it's a mission. Uh, what do you mean? What, what mission is it? Uh, the mission is to to help people in need, to help them to develop uh, a better perspective for their life, um, you know, that they can manage their situation in a better way. And this, um, uh, yeah, I, I understand it. Is it enough for you to to have your your energy every day? Uh, because I think it's something we can all say from time to time. But maintaining every day, uh, this is the hard part. So um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, working for other people is it something that really is enough for you, or or sometimes you need to, you know, you need more. Or, Uh, or really every day it's enough for you to have all your energy? Um, you know, there's another point that, we, that we've not talked about. Uh, if, you, if you are working with people or if you are asking people to, to help to finance your project um, and you find out uh, that there are a lot of people in the world that are really caring for people in need, that gives you another perspective of the world. Because if you, if you turn on the news... You get frustrated, war, crime, whatever. But there is also another part of the world that shows you that there are people who want to change something. Uh, yeah, like if you if if we are talking about Fridays for Future, climate change, people, there are people that really want to make a difference. And if you are uh, very close to these people, if, and if you feel their spirit, that gives you also hope that. The world can be changed to a better world. Yeah, yeah, I guess. And, and you see, uh, so do you mean uh, people who give their money, who give their time, who give their, yes. I don't know, the, the, yeah. the, the exactly. energy. And, and so you, are you surrounded by the people or you find many of these people or sometimes, uh, I mean, you have a list of these people and sometimes you, you ring them, for example, to, yes, to have their energy? Yes, for sure. What we do with our donors, uh, especially with our major donors, you know, um, uh, I'm going to meet them. We, uh, I can tell them about projects. I'm, I'm traveling a lot. Um, so if I come back, you know, I call them and say, listen, I've been to the northern part of Cameroon. You know, um, Caritas is doing a great job there. Can you, can you imagine that you support us? And then I tell them and they are really, they are really interested in. You know, because the kind of life they have here in Germany, uh, they are well settled, but they also feel a responsibility uh, of giving something back to the to yeah to the to the community, and uh, were- this is really yeah that's that's amazing, and it's uh, also I- that uh, um, all my colleagues in in my team, you know, I have eleven uh, 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 colleagues that are working with me. Uh, concerning fundraising all of them are very very motivated and that helps too you know to find the energy to go to work every day uh, of course and, and are you still uh, amazed by uh, after you know, i'm not saying many years but a lot of years in in, the, uh, in workings with with uh, you know people who give their money for example yes. are you still amazed sometimes uh, that uh, for this level of you know uh, implication or involvement of the donors or or Do you see an evol- uh, evolution in this? Are there, you think, more involved than the years before or less? Or yes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, when the corona crisis started, uh, all fundraisers for Germany were a little bit afraid. What will that, that mean uh, uh, for our, uh, if, we, if we get enough money for our projects? And we found out that the corona crisis even helped Uh, that people are willing to give uh, and support uh, people in need. 
So that was a very good experience. With all the bad things that Corona did, that was also good uh, because people felt they want to give something back, they want to change something, they want to help people in need. And um, then uh, after this Corona crisis, we had in Germany last year a huge flooding, and people people experienced here on their own that the climate change is affecting can affect someone's life. You know, a lot of yeah. people died, houses were damaged, people lost their job, and there was on the other side a lot of um, help from people that donated a lot of money to, you know, help the people to build up their houses again, to start their own business again, and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, just to remind you, there was a big flood uh, in... Yes. Um, Uh, the western part uh, of Germany. Western part of Germany, yes. uh, last year, and, and it generated a lot of solidarity and yes. uh, well, big crisis, as you say, is always uh, uh, okay, or terrible. But also, it, it shows how much, how many people uh, uh, want to help, and, and it, it, it shows the best of people. And it's always, it's also a good thing about crisis. Uh, and um, okay, so it gives you. I understand that each time you see this implication of the donors and the people, uh, it gives you uh, yourself energy. And, and, um, and in your team, uh, the same. No, I have always no, uh, trouble understanding. People are all different. So uh, the, the, the way you see uh, your implication and you say it's a mission, etc. Uh, people are not uh, 100% uh, like this all the time. So it, it, how do you manage this in your team? Uh, everybody has to be aligned with this or... You understand that some people can be there for other reasons. Uh, I mean, their salary or, or, or no, you have to be all on the same page. Um, I, I guess that um, all, all my colleagues uh, and not just the fundraising team, all the other colleagues too that are working for the international projects have this kind of um, motivation that they want to change something. I think that's That's in all of us, in a way, you know. It's like a, a special kind of motivation. And then definitely you also have to make sure that if people are coming to work, that they have their freedom to do what they can do best. So, you know, support them in the way that you give them the freedom to work, to find out, to try out, uh, to be innovative. Um, and then it, it, uh, then it will work out. Yeah. So you so you you leave them a lot of space um, when when they work you you let them are you, you know, very controlling or, or not not too much or how do you set the the, the good uh, level? Um, you know, actually, what we do is uh, we always try to make an annual plan. Um, uh, each sector is uh, you know uh, saying that what they want to do this year. And we discuss it in our team and then we set it. And, you know, the goal is set, like, uh, you know, we, we have a, a special goal that we need to uh, to reach at the end of the year. And we, we just try to, you know, to reach that goal with all the measurements we can, uh, we can do. So when we discuss it in the team and somebody else said, oh, why don't you try this? You know, there is a, there is a willingness of, you know, thinking about changing things, testing, I mean, fundraising is a lot about testing. So uh, we say, okay, let's let's try out this, and then we see if it if it works out or not. In fundraising, it's easy because uh, you most of the time you see it relatively easily if um, measurement takes you know will, will yeah will be successful or not. Yeah, yeah, it's well, some things are easy to measure, but it's money, so. Uh... It's always, the, I mean, there's not only money, but uh, for the money part, it's easy to measure. Yes. And, and and did you see a lot of change in the last uh, 10 years? Uh, you know, some people say, well, we know that fundraising has become more technical. And uh, how, how do you see this evolution uh, since you've been there since uh, a few years? Mm. <laughs> how do you see the, the, the evolution of our, our, our work? Yeah, I think um, it became, on the one hand, Uh, more easy because you have a lot of uh, software tools that can help you to measure um, the things and, you know, to be more effective. 
On the other side, it became a little bit more complicated because of all the software tools. So uh, yeah. I don't know. We, uh, yeah, it, it has a, a good thing. And um, I think what it makes it easier is that if you have a good database and it works out, it can support you so much in your daily work. That's very, very important. But if the database is not working, you, are, you, you will get a lot of headache. Like uh, in 2019, we had to change our database and it was the horrible year that I've ever experienced because yeah. nothing worked out. You know, the thank you process didn't work out, you know. So, yeah, that gave us a lot of headache. So the, um, the way of making fundraising changed um, concerning the major donor fundraising. It's, bad, it's, it's, about, it's always about the personal connection you have with the major donor. But on the other hand, you also need to be aware that uh, if there's a special wish from the from the client, from the donor, you have to mark it in your database anyhow. Um, and it also changed concerning uh, online fundraising. When I started 10 years ago, online fundraising, yes, it still existed at that time, but uh, the way we are doing online fundraising now really, really changed. There was a huge, yeah. huge development. Yeah, yeah, of course. And is, is it important for you now, online fundraising? Is it like Uh, we see very 10%. Important. It's yeah, very important, very, very important because, um, well, the way people are getting their information is definitely still with newspaper news, but most of the time they are online, so you have to be visible online, and um, that means you have to make sure that all your information get across through all the huge uh, online platforms. There is no way that you can be successful in fundraising if you are not visible there. Yeah, okay, but after when you look at the money that you have uh, coming from online, it's still about like, maybe 10, 15% of your total yeah. revenue? Yeah, I would say between 10 and 15%. But it's increasing. Yeah. It's increasing. It's in, okay. Uh, and uh, and so... so on the management part like like the, the evolution that uh, you need to like, like you say be more technical and understand the database etc did, did you see the, your colleagues are there how, how do you make your colleagues evolve on this and how do you make them how do you train them on this or uh, is it a problem or not or people manage it at the end well um uh, i think all my colleagues understand And are understanding very well that the database management is very important but we have two specialists in our team that are um, taking care for that and support all our, all our team members. If, if there's any question, if they have difficulties, they also are responsible for developing uh, the software towards, you know, to be more effective uh, in our fundraising. Okay. 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 Uh, uh, and just to come back on the, on the, the, the passion you say, you, well, do, do you think being a fundraiser, you have to be passionate or it's not monetary? Emily, Everybody can be different. Uh, I mean, there's always a magic about fundraising. I mean, each donation for me, it's like a miracle. Uh, when you receive uh, 10 euros, it's always magic. Uh, even the small donation is always uh, incredible, I think. But well, how do you, how do you now drive your, your team? And, and do you accept that some people uh, uh, haven't got your passion? Um, I think if you if you want to be a good fundraiser, you have you need to have this passion. If not, you will be not good. You will be not good because you need to love it. You need to love um, interacting with the people, either direct, as I do, for example, if I talk with people, or also uh, through your materials, your your magazine for donors, your mailings. You always have to be aware that. There is somebody who reads it. So how can I do it in the best way that he feels interested, that he feels acknowledged, that we that he gets that feeling of, okay, really my donation will make a change. So you need to have this passion if you want to be successful as a fundraiser. If you don't have it, leave the job. You're not the right person. Even, oh, yeah, our, even our colleagues who are responsible for the database, definitely they are very, very specialists. But also they have this feeling of, I want to do something, you know, good to help my colleagues that our fundraising uh, results will be good. Okay, okay. Um, okay, okay, great. Well, it's a, it's a great way of seeing things and, uh, and 
And, and, and for people themselves, it's always better to work with passion. Of course, uh, it makes your job uh, much more interesting. So, uh, uh, I mean, saying this is good and, and helping them to be passionate every day, I guess it's a, it's a great way of seeing things. Um, okay, well, thanks for sharing all this. But before maybe we, we move to your, your latest news, uh, can you maybe tell us a few things about fundraising in, in Germany and and the cultural uh, specificity about Germany? I know it's difficult to do because, I mean, you work in, in it, so things seem natural for you, but of course there are things different in Germany than uh, different from other countries. Um, maybe just for example, is it easy to, to talk about money in, in Germany? <laughs> well, um, I think it depends. Um, definitely, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm in... A, Uh, in a talk with uh, with the major donors, um, it's easy, um, and uh, people are also aware of very, um, yeah. People are also aware if if for example if we uh, if we ask for money in our mailings, you know, we always give them an example of maybe with 50 euros you can do or this or that, you know. So yeah. um, and people are also uh, want to know. Uh, if you send me this letter, how much how much will this letter cost? You know, so we always also put the costs uh, from that mailing on the on the specific letter for the people, so that they can see. Okay, this letter costs sixty uh, cent. So you know, we are also uh, be very transparent uh, in case of our administration costs. That's always about nine percent. So and people want to know that. So there is a. Um, Yeah, people are very critical about if their donation really comes and helps um, people in need. So, so, so you write it on, on when you write a letter. You yes, ha- you write the, the price of the letter on your yes. letter. Yes. Yeah, like you write somewhere. Uh, I don't know uh, this yeah, on on the letter himself uh, in small characters. You you, you yes, write. Yes, it's, uh, it's always on the same place in small characters. So people, uh, if if people are interested, they can find out. You know. How much okay. we spend on all these uh, materials, and, and these administrative costs—they are so. You, of course, you follow them very closely, but uh, donors are want to know, uh, and and do they understand them? Or, yes. or like like everywhere, it's difficult to explain them that no. you need administrative costs to be effective. Mm. No, if you, I think it's it's a matter of communication. If you explain it well, people understand it. Okay, even uh, for, uh, big donors, I, I I understand, but even. You know, someone uh, far from this job or doing yeah. a different job totally, they can understand. Yes, we explain it also in our donor magazine. Uh, why do we need administrative costs? You know, and we, uh, and I think in Germany it's it's very common that you explain it. I don't know. Is it different in France? Maybe. Uh, but we are always uh, you know, NGOs are always a bit scared. Of course, they explain it. They try to explain it, but. Uh, they show it. It's it's calculated very, uh, you know, very precisely, etc. But of course, it's always. Sometimes they're scared of talking about it because mm. uh, they don't know how the people are going to react, and 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 especially uh, NGOs who want to invest, who wants to grow. Uh, when you grow, you have to invest, and then the administrative cost is is going up, and there. And this is always difficult to explain. Mm. Uh, because uh, explaining investment in our NGOs is uh, is difficult because people think that you, you should put all the money on the field and uh, they don't really understand why you are putting uh, uh, seven hundred euros or thousand euros in, in a CRM or mm. on things that are not directly on the field. Well, so this is always a, a question. Yeah, but I think um, uh, NGOs shouldn't be afraid of. Uh, uh you know, putting their own communication on that because I think it's important that people understand that even if you are in the NGO sector, your work has to be done properly, you know, because on the other hand, they also want that the, the money is used uh, exactly for that, that they want to, you uh, you know, invest it. So, and this is not possible if you don't have a proper administration, if you don't follow the projects, if you don't make evaluation, if you don't be transparent. So I think it's uh, it's part of the fundraiser's job or the public relations department to explain it in a way that people can understand it. And yeah, I think yeah. it's better to be very transparent in that, uh, especially in Germany. Uh, the donors are very aware of that and they try and, you know, 
compare the administrative costs uh, from one NGO to the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they compare. Okay, okay. But, um, okay, okay, yeah, well, we have the same kind of problem. And, and how do you train your, your, your new fundraisers, for example, to be uh, at ease with this subject? Or even asking for a donation, I know it's, it's difficult when you to just ask for money. Uh, do you have a you know, special uh, training program to incorporate new fundraisers in your team to make them at ease with donation? Well, yeah. uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, courses that you can uh, attend in Germany concerning fundraising. It's a huge market, also, uh, and we definitely do also our intern um, uh, schooling. Uh, we we have our own uh, schooling system, so that if somebody comes in new, uh, you know, he can go around and talk with the people and uh, see what we've done before, like have a look at uh, all the annual plannings that we did before. And then we discuss it in the team and sometimes we engage um, uh, other trainers to come to our organization. Uh, for example, uh, you know, how to how to write in the very best way. Uh, what do you have to um, what do you have to be aware if you use a photo? What is a good photo? How do you uh, write the underline under the photo? Uh, things like that. Um, we try to to train our team. Yeah, all the year round. Yeah, and, and for major donors, being sitting in front of a donor, oh yes, uh, and, <laughs> and asking for money. This, how, how do you train on this? Uh, actually, there's a, there's a, um, a, a small academy in Germany. They call a Major Giving Institute, and they started ten years ago um, of um, uh, offering trainings uh, for this kind of talks. So. Um, I found that very, very helpful. It's like you have maybe 10 people, two people in the middle. The other ones are sitting around and uh, are following the discussion. And you have to make sure that you convince uh, the donor that he supports your project maybe with 20,000 euros or so on. So this, uh, this makes, yeah, you think it's just a training, but it really keep, uh, puts you under stress because you want to be successful even in this talk that, you know, your colleagues say, okay, you've, you've done it well. And I think it's something that you, um, with experience, you, 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 you understand that each donor is a little bit different, but on the same way, most of the time, what I've experienced is that if you are talking with major donors, don't talk too much. It's more like that the major donor wants to talk to you. You know, so it's more a matter of listening and then ask the question on the right second. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, we always say that it's uh, first a listening job <laughs> uh, to, to, to ask money. First, you, you have to be a good listener. And, and how is um, Germany uh, global fundraising? Just, you know, have you have, have a few facts or numbers on is it growing, uh, the fundraising in Germany or is it going down or? And how do you see a bit the evolution of this? Yes, in the last three years, it was growing. You know, so all 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 big organizations are uh, um, saying that uh, the amount of donations they got in the last three years are, are growing. Um, well, the last three years were special, as we discussed before. You know, Corona yeah. started. Then uh, last year, the big flooding. This year, the Ukraine war. So I don't know what will happen this year because we have a very high inflation in Germany. People are scared because of uh, prices of energy. People are scared. Do you see an impact? Do you see an impact on of inflation already yes. or not yeah. yet? Yeah, definitely we see it. Um, what we experienced uh, in the last uh, uh, four or five months was that the uh, donations from major donors increased. People are giving more. And uh, people who, are, who can't afford give to, to give so much, you know, like the 20 euro, 50 euro, it, um, the number of donors are, uh, are going back. So we see a shiftment of, you know, having more major donors and less donors who are not able to give so much. Okay. Um, okay. And, and in, in the channels and what's working or I guess like everywhere, paper, uh, I mean, collecting by, by mail is, is going down, but not that far. That, is it going down fast or is it still uh, very important for you? Uh, now what's the, 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 
papers, uh, phone, uh, street fundraising. What is the, how do you see it evolving? Um, for Caritas, um, uh, paper fundraising is still very important. Um, uh, our, our mailings are quite successful through all the years we've done it. Uh, and we will still continue doing it. Uh, we have a small shiftment that uh, people who started donating online for us, they don't get any kind of paper mailing uh, anymore. They just got, get, will get our newsletters. Okay. Um, we have other materials like our donor magazine, who also has a quite impact on our donations. Uh, our annual report is also uh, acknowledged from our donors. So the paper fundraising is still very important for us. I would say maybe the, yeah, at least 70%. Yes. Um, okay. um, and then the rest is online fundraising. And then, you know, uh, if, if Caritas is mentioned in the news, um, that helps us also very much to get, to get funds. Okay. And, and phone, is it, uh, uh, and uh, is it working in Germany? Uh, is it an important channel for you or? Um, for for other NGOs in Germany, it 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 works quite well. Unfortunately, we are not allowed uh, to do uh, phone marketing because we have very restricted rules um, uh, from the Catholic Church. So we are not allowed to call uh, potential okay. donors on the phone. We are allowed to call them to say thank you if they've already made their donation, but we can't do phone calls to get new donors. Okay, yeah, but it is uh, as you said, you you are submitted to. Uh, both the German rules and the Catholic yes. Church rules. Yeah. So you have two yeah. different rules you have to follow. <laughs> a big okay. chain, a big chain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And um, uh, just, well, we could talk a bit about the, uh, your daily life in this beginning of, uh, of 2023, just to un understand a bit more uh, in detail how you see your, your job. Uh, maybe, well, so you tell us 2022 was a good year for you, uh, Because there was the, the Ukraine uh, crisis, of course. Just you know, tell us what is your your what what, what do you, what, what is your, how do you say the uh, 2022? How did it finish, and what did you gain in 2022? Yeah, 2022 was a very good year. We got a lot of donations, more, more, more than expected. Um, at the end of the of the of December, we we had more than 102 million. Euros that is Ukraine is, is Ukraine explaining uh, yes everything yeah it's mainly the Ukraine crisis um, well um, it's like you know we have uh, each year we have a goal to reach like uh, last year we should have go, uh, gotten 26 million euro um, and we got 36 million euro um, yeah. and the rest was for the Ukraine war but we also see that people are really understanding that. Uh, the war in Ukraine is also affecting worldwide our uh, the people in need. So we found out people are really, really, um, um, really want to help. So you know, my hope is for for twenty three that it will continue like that. That people understand and, that. Uh, so you didn't have too much uh, money going out of other countries. Uh, no uh, money coming for Ukraine, but how did you manage for? Uh, you know, South Sudan or, mm -hmm. or other country you're involving, involved in, how did you manage to get donation in these countries? Because as we know, in crisis, the money tends to go uh, in where, where the media are. So how, how did you do this? Well, uh, we had a, a big Christmas campaign um, concerning our hubs in, in South Sudan and it worked out quite well. Um, and what we did uh, for foundation and major donor, we explained that, you know, we have a different kind of project that we were really looking for money. And uh, we made special project proposals and, you know, uh, sending it out to our major donors. And they were really willing to give. And uh, we were very happy to, to get uh, huge funds for, for, other, for other crises that are not in the media. Okay, so it still, it did work. You were happy about this? So it's yes. not easy to do. Yes, no, okay. yes. Um, and, and do you have maybe new ways of um, or, or communicating with, with your donors? I know you you, you went to North Cameroon uh, and uh, you for me using WhatsApp, for example. Is it something uh, new? Can you explain what you do on this? Yes. Um, uh, last year in February, it was the same day when, when the Ukraine war started. 
um, uh, we sent out a project for proposal for North Cameroon for building schools. And I was so sad, you know, because I was uh, I was quite sure that nobody will donate now for North Cameroon because of the Ukraine yeah. war. And uh, finally, it came up that we got a lot of donations. And um, uh, I was then planning uh, to go with one of my colleagues to North Cameroon and uh, visit uh, the the schools that are already built and where they want to build new ones. And I offered all the donors that donated for that project that please, you you can't I can't uh, take you to North Cameroon because of security reasons. But if you are if you are interested, you can follow me uh, uh, in my WhatsApp group. And um, some people signed up for it. And what I did it when I came back um, in the evenings, I always put some photos and some small text and send it to the WhatsApp group. And um, people liked it. It was not so much. Um, I didn't have so much subscribers. I think people are still a little bit uh, shy to give their mobile phone that you can use it for WhatsApp. Maybe that was the yeah. reason. Uh, but what I did, I, I, I also made a, a long report and sent it out to our donors. But I think um, it's a it's a good idea, you know, to give that feeling that uh, donors can follow you where you are going and get immediately a response uh, from the project. Um, I think that helps a lot. And yeah, in doing it, yeah, WhatsApp is, well, I mean, you can't do it with a... Uh... 1,000 people, so you, you do it with major donors, I guess. Yes. Uh, actually, why not do it with 1,000 people? I don't know if it's possible, but uh, yeah, you can't, you can't hide the, the other numbers in, on WhatsApp, I think. So you, yeah, yeah, yeah that's not a problem. You know, there's this uh, function broadcasting in WhatsApp that you can use. Um, uh, the thing is, if you, if you have a huge community, um, maybe people will ask back, so you have to make sure that uh, uh, if they want to have any kind of answer, that that you can manage that well. But I think yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's good. What but what we offered uh, this year new was um, so called live talks. So you know uh, we we did it on on YouTube, and people could leave their comments and uh, ask in the chat. And did, did you broadcast or did you, uh, did people could talk among each other or no, it was no. you talking and no. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, replying yeah. to you. Yes. Okay. But okay. People yeah, because... could ask questions in the chat and then we okay. answered. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it's, it's, uh, uh, it's direct, uh, this, this WhatsApp it's, it's yes. through mail. It's not, it's not the same as a mail. It's uh, something, it's like a, a communication with a friend, uh, more yeah. or less. So, uh, so it's, uh, I can understand how it can you know, make a link with people. So you did every day uh, when you came back from uh, your day, you were in Cameroon and yes. you were sending these photos. And yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, every day. I, I think it's a good uh, habit to have when you go on the field. Uh, yes. Uh, I find it a great habit to have, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay, uh, maybe just uh, two minutes on, on, on legacy uh, because it's also something very important. Of mm -hmm. course, legacy fundraising, uh, we say it's uh, one of the main area what's going to be uh, more successful in the next years is going to have uh, the, the figures are going to be very high on this so so is it a big part of your fundraising today uh, so legacy is when people when someone dies uh, he makes it does a legacy to to the organization um well how, what do you do on this how do you make it bigger uh we inform our our donors about this possibility like uh, we have a special brochure on that, that if you want to uh, support our project with your legacy, you know, uh, it's also uh, tax-free, you know, it's like, yeah. you know. So uh, people really like that idea. And um, the point is that uh, you still find a lot of people in Germany that, you know, there is no huge family in the background. So they think about, you know, what what will stay from my life uh, if I have to live now and uh, they find it uh, helpful if they know okay i can do with my legacy i can help other people so um what we do is like we make uh, events where we invite these people you know we, we we call a lawyer that he explain the most important things and uh, you know they can order the brochure and then uh, we offer them that if they need help or advice you know they can give us a call and uh, either we talk on the phone or on a zoom meeting or we even go there and 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 visit them and discuss it with them. 
Okay, so but the first step is a, a, a physical meeting with uh, where you invite uh, uh, people yes. in, in, a, in, in a room where you mm -hmm. you say, okay, come and we're going to talk about yes uh, what about legacy about taxes and, and you, there's a lawyer here you can ask all your questions and and this is enough for people to come <laughs> because it's always the thing <laughs> we're always afraid that no one will come to these kind of uh ah, of meetings. No, no. It, 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 that's that's quite successful uh during corona we had to do it online at the, at the beginning it was a little bit difficult because the elderly people are not were not so used to to use the the online platforms but it changed Uh, and now this year we started again with the physical events and uh, people really like it, you know. For them, it's also in a way a little bit of, you know, they have an appointment. It's it's like more like a small event. We offer some some cake and coffee. People can get together. And I think for them, it's also good because they know, okay, I'm not the only one who are thinking about that. And what I, what we find out that if we, if we get in touch with the people who want to talk about that, they're really released that there's somebody who are listening to, to them and they can discuss it without huge emotions. Because if you talk about legacy in your family, it might be sometimes a little bit more difficult. But if you are talking with somebody, outside of the family it helps them you know to yeah to focus better on 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 that sometimes very emotional side. uh yeah. thing yeah ah, yeah so this is, is interesting and so uh, in order to have a success uh I, i'm sorry about the being very <laughs> practical but yes i mean uh, what you eat uh, it, it, what's important when you organize because uh, i know most uh, a lot of NGO have are scared like i said to organize this because they say okay i'm going to Now make a uh, lawyer come and uh, organize this uh, meeting and have a room and and if no one comes, uh, it's a lot of work. So so uh, we understand that it has to be technical. I mean, uh, no, not not emotional. That's very important because uh, people don't are coming there not to have emotional part, but to you know have to be discussing the technical part. Um, are, are there other things? Uh, Uh, like I said, you know, uh, where you do it or the type of, mm -hmm. of uh, it has it, do you have to be a nice place or not at all? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, give us tips. Def <laughs> Definitely. It, it, it has to be a nice place, but not too nice. <laughs> According to the costs, you know, people will, will note that uh, a lot. Um, most of the time we do it in a parish house you know, or in, in rooms from, from the Catholic Church. So the prices are not high. Sometimes we don't even need to pay for that. And then, you know, we, we offer coffee and tea and maybe a small piece of cake so that people feel feel comfortable if they come. And then we try and make sure that, you know, we create everybody personally, you know, just to create an atmosphere that is relaxed for the people. And then we make sure that the lawyer who talks about it, um, is somebody who really can talk, you know, because lawyers can sometimes talk and you don't understand anything. So you have yeah. to make sure that you have somebody who is, you know, close by the people and answer their questions as well. And, you know, to, to reduce their fear um, about this, about this uh, legacy something. And you do it in, in big cities or in lots of big cities or like you say, online, it doesn't really work for old people. Not just not just big cities. Sometimes in big cities is even uh, not so many people are coming because uh, uh, you know other organizations are doing it the same. We sometimes we do it uh, more in smaller cities, maybe with hundred thousand inhabitants or two hundred thousand. You know, um, oh, yeah. that works better for us. That what we found out. If you do oh, it yeah, in big cities like Cologne or Berlin or so, you know. Um, the audience sometimes uh, is maybe not so interested because other organizations are doing it also. So we try and, you know, focus on the smaller areas. Yeah, yeah. And maybe in big cities, there's lots of things to do. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and, and so yeah. in, in medium cities, uh, it's it's like an event for them. Yes. Uh, that's good too. They, they meet people and, okay, okay. Uh, it's an, okay, it's a... Uh, Good tips, and um, and uh, I'm sure that we're going to see more and more of these kind of meetings in uh, in other countries. Uh, so it's it's a, a nice uh, nice tips, and then you have to try. Like everything, the best thing is to try. Um, okay, maybe a last thing. You, uh, I know you're going to the uh, an American Congress on fundraising. 
in the in the next months. Can you tell us why you go there and have you ever been to this kind of abroad uh, uh, meetings and fundraising and uh, what what are you expecting to to find? Um, well, even in Germany, we have fundraising congresses. Um, uh, I'm I'm very interested now because uh, uh, I'm I'm going to New Orleans to to the American fundraising congress, and I just wanted to learn uh, because I know they they are much more experienced with major donor fundraising, and I'm really really looking for for the exchange what kind of programs they have for major donor fundraising. Uh, and on the other side, I also looking forward, uh, you know, to to learn more about um, how they do their online fundraising. And another topic is also, uh, will it make sense um, to approach also um, American big American foundations? So these are the three main topics that I'm I'm looking for to learn more about uh, about it. Okay, and, and you've already been to this kind of uh, meetings, or no? It's the first time you go to. Uh, it's the first time that I go to uh, to the American yes, fundraising congress, but I've been to other ones. Yes. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I mean, the state is the first one. Okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, I think in March or something like this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a great way of meeting people and and seeing something different going uh, over there. Uh, it, it's different from, a, of course, a Zoom meeting or. It changes a lot. Okay. Uh, okay, great. Well, uh, Birgit, thanks a lot. Uh, maybe I'd I like to conclude with uh, one or two uh, you know, questions I ask a lot. Uh, may, maybe well, can you tell us how you, how do you continue to learn about your, your job? Have, you know, do you, have you got books or blogs? or well, where, do, where do you get your inspiration uh, to, uh, to have new ideas on fundraising? Um, I think for me, the, the major one is uh, to exchange ideas with my other European fundraising colleagues, what they are doing in it. And uh, I also read a lot of blogs. And, um, and this, this with your colleague, because I know even in, in, in big organizations, uh, yeah. uh, it's not always easy to, to, to find the time or, or to have subject because we're all running to all uh, what we have to do every day. And, and do you manage time in your agenda? You, you say, okay, every Friday at two, I stop everything and I call them. Well, well, do you have tricks like this that uh, you use to, to exchange with them? No, we try. We try to be in contact in uh, in a very regular way. So most of the time, we have online meetings every six to eight weeks, and then you know each of our colleagues uh, will present uh, what worked out very well in the last uh, in the last uh, year. Um, uh, and that th that's also very inspiring. Uh, and sometimes you even learn more from the things that are not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, Okay, okay, and, and do you, do you, this is inside Caritas, um, and for someone who is not in a big organization, uh, do you know how how can he do? Well, so, there, there are so many tutorials on YouTube. You can watch you you know uh, all the fundraising magazines that are available. Um, I I just want to encourage everybody, you know, to if if you have a special topic you know um uh, go to the internet you you feel a lot of uh, you you get a lot of information and you can um get in 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 touch with uh, with the experts and write them an email and ask them because i think everybody likes to be asked for his experience yeah, yeah. <laughs> um okay okay uh okay well uh well, our management we talked about management uh i, I know it's something I, I like to ask at the end because of course you, you manage like you say you have how many of you are you in the team uh, 11 or 11 12 yes. 11 in your management team in your fundraising team um so we understood that you give your, your strategy is to give a lot of autonomy do you you think that they are the expert and they will show you 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 manage what they do of course but uh uh, you you think that they have to do on their own most yes. of the job, of course. Yes, for sure. The, the, yeah, give them the freedom to do what they can do best, and then you know try to coordinate it uh, and see if there are any kind of synergies that you can use um, parts of their work for another for another fundraising measurement. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, and like when I said, you give them your energy, and sometimes they give you. Uh, energy too. Uh, exactly. It's a it's a two way. It's a 
It goes in, in both ways, of course. Uh, okay, well, um, uh, Birgit, we are coming at the end of this hour. Uh, thank you very much. It's been a, a pleasure having you. Uh, I, I think it gives us you know, a lot of energy to begin this year. Um, I wish that I had every day your energy and your way of, of seeing everything you do. Uh, you know, like you're saying, doing, for other, doing things for other people, I understand how it gives you a, a huge chance of uh, being useful. Uh, yeah. and so energy and endless energy uh, when you have this in mind. Uh, so I'm going to to try for myself to have this every day. <laughs> for the it's the time of the good resolution. You know we are still in the good res resolution time for this year. So thanks to you, Birgit, I've, I found uh, my resolution for this year. So well, thanks again. See you soon. <laughs> bye bye, David. Thank you. Bye bye. bye. Congratulations, you have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, just uh, ask me as a friend on LinkedIn or you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website that's uh, fidelis-cc.fr slash EFA. I am David Kleshman and I will see you soon for the next episode. Congratulations, you have listened to this episode of the European Fundraising Podcast until the end. Thank you for sharing this episode with at least two of your colleagues around you or just hijack their phone and subscribe yourself. If you want to be aware of new episodes, 